Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, November 8th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, the little bump that silver and gold got after the Fed cut rates again last week was short-lived. Quite frankly, precious metals got hammered this week. Stock markets have pushed to record highs. Everybody is embracing risk. That drove the price of gold to a three-month low. And you'll never guess what everybody is pointing to to explain all this. And by never guess, I mean You'll know for sure if you've been listening to this podcast on a regular basis. It's the same thing that boosts stocks every week. We might be making progress in the trade deal. Of course, it's not even a trade deal at this point. It's a phase one trade deal, whatever that means. Reports Thursday said that both the U.S. and China have agreed to roll back tariffs. The report said tariffs would be eliminated once the phase one partial trade deal is signed. White House spokesperson Stephanie Grisham told Fox News that the U.S. is very, very optimistic about completing a deal. So there you go. The economy is fixed. Everything is coming up roses. And that's why gold is down to close to 1460 per ounce and is heading toward the worst weekly loss in more than two years. And silver isn't doing much better. It's off 6.1% since Monday and is trading below $17. I'm sure you probably sense my skepticism and uh, note my sarcasm. I really think there are a couple of questions you should be asking yourself. One, do you really believe a trade deal is going to get signed? I'd put that as a definite maybe. But the bigger question is, will it really change anything fundamentally? I mean, Trump will tell you it's going to be the greatest trade deal in the history of trade deals. But Trump also says this is the greatest economy in American history. So, you know, he might be just a little prone to hyperbole. So we'll have to see a trade deal before we know what's in it. But keep in mind, this isn't even a real trade deal. It's phase one. We're not even into actual trade deal territory yet, and people are acting like it's going to send the economy into overdrive. I mean, will it even get us back to the status quo before the trade war started? I don't know. Nobody knows. And yet the stock market is setting record. It's just weird to me. I also do a sports podcast called Sports Ball with my good friend Alan Mosley. You can check it out at sportsballpodcast.com if you're interested in such things. Anyway, In that show, I do a segment called Delusional Fan, where I highlight fans' overreaction to a given game. I'll give you a a for instance. The University of Kentucky basketball team was ranked number two in the preseason poll, and it just beat number one Michigan State this week. Now, delusional UK fan is now convinced that the Wildcats are a lock for the national championship, based on the first game in a very long season. This is absurd. That game will have almost zero bearing on what the team looks like in March. Now, UK plays a bunch of cupcakes over the next few weeks. If the Cats happen to lose one of those games, delusional UK fan will then want to fire Coach Cal because the season is over. Again, it would have almost no relevance to March. Delusional fan is delusional because his time horizon is all of about eh, one week. Well, the markets are almost exactly the same. I could probably start a segment on this show called Delusional Market Overreaction. Investors and financial media pundits act just like delusional fan. They fixate on the latest tidbit of news in the here and now and completely ignore what happened just three days ago. Heck, sometimes they even ignore other significant things that are going on right now because they're so wrapped up in the trade deal or whatever news item happens to be the eye candy of the day. The time horizon is just too short. 
Here, I'll give you an example of delusional market guy. Earlier this week, I posted an article on Facebook outlining third quarter gold demand. It was actually up 3%. Well, in the comments, after I posted the article, some guy asked, why isn't this reflected in the price of gold? Well, it is. Even after the big drop last week, gold is still up well over 14% on the year. That's a significant gain. Now, if you look at just this week, it might feel like the sky is falling, but you have to expand your timeline. The economy evolves over months. The market evolves over months, not days. So let's review where we were this time last year. The Fed was normalizing interest rates. Balance sheet reduction was on autopilot, and the stock market started tanking last fall. So the Fed came to the rescue, right? After the December rate hike, we got the Powell pause. And since then, we've had three rate cuts. Three. And we also have QE. Of course, central bank swears it isn't QE, but whatever you call it, the balance sheet is increasing faster now than it was when the Fed was doing QE during the Great Recession. Get this. The Federal Reserve's balance sheet rose by $51.1 billion last week alone. The balance sheet is now above $4 trillion. It has grown by $215 billion over the last seven weeks. So the Fed is injecting all of this money into the economy, and it's also telling us it would take a really significant and persistent move up in inflation before considering rate hikes. The Fed used to worry about inflation, but now it's basically saying it's going to wait until inflation is is clearly a problem. As Peter Schiff said, this is a green light to the stock market. Hey, don't worry. The Fed has got your back. We've got the Powell put in place. Buy stocks. And people are. So you can fixate on the phase one trade deal if you want. It doesn't change the fundamental reality that the central bank is engaging in extraordinary monetary policy. It's acting like we're in a deep recession. The Fed saga has been playing out since the 2008 crash. Trade deals aren't going to change that trajectory. Look, I'm just saying don't be like the delusional fan. Keep your time horizon a little longer than one or two weeks or days. While we're on the subject, Peter made some important points about the overall economy in a recent podcast. For instance, while the stock market is setting records, only about 10% of individual stocks are actually making new highs. There's also a lot of bad economic data out there that's simply being ignored. The Chicago PMI, for instance, fell to a nearly four-year low in October, and that general trend looks even worse. If you go back over the last eight months, we haven't seen this kind of drop in the Chicago PMI in 30 years. Again, it's about the trend. The Q3 productivity number just came out. Analysts were expecting a 1% increase. Instead, we got a 0.3% drop. Falling productivity is a sign that the economy is weak. It is less efficient. Productivity is the holy grail of economics. That's what leads to more output. It's what leads to higher real incomes. That's what makes living standards go up. So this is not something to be optimistic about. GDP growth. It's also trending down. The Atlanta Fed has dropped its Q4 growth estimate to 1%. And year-over-year GDP growth is just at 2%. And that's with the government running deficits close to $1 trillion. That's not buying a whole lot of economic growth with all that money. Like Peter said, the stock market is overlooking bad economic data, and you still have this narrow group of stocks leading the markets higher. You have all of this complacency, but there is a lot of risk in this market. There's a lot of risk in the economy, but investors are behaving as if there is no risk. It's phase one trade deal. Is that really going to fix it? That's the $64,000 question. 
I mentioned the Q3 gold demand report. Let me hit the highlights of that real quick. Like I said, overall gold demand was up 3% in the third quarter. The big driver was gold inflows into gold-backed ETFs. That, along with continued strong central bank buying, overcame weakness in the jewelry and bullion markets. Gold-backed ETFs took in 258 tons of gold in the third quarter. ETF gold holdings reached an all-time high in September, hitting 2,808 tons. That eclipsed the previous record set back in 2012, when the price of gold was near $1,700 per ounce. According to the World Gold Council, accommodative monetary policies, along with safe haven and momentum buying, drove demand. That trend continued into October. ETFs took another 44 tons of gold in and pushed the total to 2,900. 900 tons, again, breaking the record. Central bank gold buying remained healthy in the third quarter, adding 156.2 tons. Central bank gold purchases are 12% ahead of 2018's record numbers. The big drop in demand compared to last year was in the jewelry and gold bullion markets. Gold jewelry sales were down 16% compared to the third quarter of 2018. The exception was actually in North America, where gold and jewelry sales rose for the 11th consecutive quarter. Price pressures were exacerbated by concerns over the health of the global economy, and that led many consumers to moderate buying plans, particularly in Asia and the Middle East. Meanwhile, bar and coin sales fell by half, coming in at 150.3 tons on the quarter. That was the lowest level since 2010. Now, higher prices were a big factor in pushing down demand for gold jewelry, coins, and bars. The price was up 5% in the third quarter in dollar terms, but in many other currencies, the yellow metal actually hit all-time record highs. So, gold is lower now, price-wise. I'm not really one to give investment advice, but it seems to me the big price drop this week is a buying opportunity. As my wife tells me, shop the sales. The World Gold Council put out some pretty compelling analysis showing why you may need to actually up the amount of gold you have in a diversified portfolio. It has to do with the impact of all of this loose monetary policy is going to have on bonds. I'll link to that in the show notes page and you can check it out. But a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can give you a lot better insight on all of this, certainly better than I. Call 1-888-GOLD-160 today, chat with the Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist, and get the lowdown on what's going on with the markets and how gold can help you diversify and strengthen your portfolio. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Links to both of those are on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, share your thoughts on the week's gold news. Always appreciate you listening. Hope you have a great week. And I'll talk to you next time.